Hey friend, I'm super excited to dive into this episode. But before we do, I wanted to come in here and personally invite you to Radiant Era. Radiant Era will help you create habits and rituals that support you, not deplete you. Get this, if you're experiencing dissatisfaction in any area of your life, you can trace it back to your habits. That's how powerful they are. Building and practicing new habits can help you trust yourself more than ever, build confidence, create better boundaries, become the woman of high self-integrity that you desire to be because you are keeping your word to yourself. Inside Radiant Era, you'll have all the tools and support that you need to create radiant rituals, better boundaries, and speak up unfiltered and unafraid. When you join Radiant Era, you get instant access to the library of content via a private podcast, which I know you'll love, and you get a group coaching call, which is on the first Wednesday of the month. So it is coming up here. We would love to welcome you in, help you really step into bold, decisive action, create change in your life, and build the self-trust that will support you in all areas of your life. It is time to step into your Radiant Era. For the link to join and more information, just DM me the word Radiant on Instagram. My Instagram is at Erica with a C dot a King A K I N G B O Y E. Or you can check out the show notes below. Say it with me. This is my radiant era. Hope to see you inside. I now recognize that it has served me better to keep what serves me and let go of what doesn't. With a lot of respect to tradition and culture, and even love and gratitude because it got me to where I am today. But if it's no longer serving me and I am in a full different society and world and different set of expectations, you do want to assess what is actually helping you out and what's just draining you so much. <laughs> Welcome to What's Her Story, the podcast for ambitious women who are ready to use their story as a catalyst for change. I'm your host, Erica Akingway, best-selling author, content strategist, and author coach to high-achieving, globally-minded women. I started this podcast because, honestly, I'm nosy. Every time I see a woman shining, living aligned and abundant in life and business, I wonder, ooh, what's her story? I know this. Women who believe in themselves and their story are better equipped to help others transform. So if you're ready to connect over honest conversations and be inspired by other impact-driven women, you're in the right place. Sit back, relax, and welcome to the What's Your Story podcast. Hello, friend. Welcome back to the What's Your Story podcast. Y'all, it's episode 23. <laughs> 23. And what I love about that is that by the time episode 23 airs, yesterday will have been August 23, 2023. If you know me by now, I love numbers. I love multiple numbers, repeat numbers. I love the significance that numbers hold, just like 
I am such a word nerd and love the significance of like diving into the definitions of words and looking at the synonyms and the antonyms and the root words of like where it came from is just so fascinating to me. It really lights me up. So the fact that it's episode 23, the day after August 23rd, 2023, it's just, you know, it's these little nods that make me so happy. It's not hard to <laughs> delight me. And this is one of those things. Speaking of delight, my guest today is delightful. I know you are just going to fall in love with Telma. Telma Sanchez is a certified life and high performance coach, speaker, community builder, and accountability partner. She is also an active mom of two little girls. They are adorable. And she loves to travel and spend time outdoors. You can find her dancing and constantly pushing her community to leave their comfort zone. She is the author of Own Your Dance, Releasing Cultural Expectations and Beliefs, Embracing My Magic, and Creating a Dream Life. Her book is so powerful. We really dig into the story behind the story and what I love about Own Your Dance that core message of hers, something that we can all latch onto, is that we all have this something that we might be keeping at arm's length. We might be keeping a little bit of distance between it because we feel like it's going to alienate us, set us apart, have some kind of judgment from people, rejection, you know, like all, all these fears. And so we hold that thing that really makes us us, that really lights us up. We can have this tendency to keep it at arm's length. But what I want you to get from our conversation today, my conversation with Telma and just this little pep talk right now is what is that thing? And like, how can you really own it? How can you own your dance? How can you own being a word nerd like me, how can you own that thing that just might seem strange or quirky or whatever, like, you know, it's your thing and you've been keeping it in secret. Owning your dance is all about really just embracing who you are at a core, embracing what lights you up and doing more of that, letting that not only set you apart but you find your people like it is such a beautiful way of creating authentic connection is when we can be authentically ourselves when we can tap into that thing that magic that um interesting <laughs> nugget then we we find our people who also have that same thing or admire it it's a beautiful way of connecting and shining standing apart so i'm really excited about this conversation with telma i cannot wait to hear what you took away from this episode i'd love for you to find me on instagram tag me on your biggest takeaway you can also tag telma in there all of her contact information is in the show notes so if you're on 
your app, you can just scroll up, like when you're on the episode, scroll up and you'll see all the information, the show notes, like a little summary, and then any links that are relevant. So you can find her book, all the things, but come over to Instagram and tell us all about what you are gleaning from this. What are you owning? Are you owning your dance? What is that thing? Maybe dancing is your thing. Maybe it's something else. We want to know. So without further ado, please enjoy this incredible conversation with Telma Sanchez. Welcome to the What's Your Story podcast, Telma. I am so excited to be here. Oh, I am so very excited. I've already introduced my podcast family to you with your like official bio. But I would love for everyone to hear from you in your own words. Who is Telma Sanchez? Oh, I, I hear that question. Then you hear that question? I, yeah. I guess I am as human as everybody else. I am a mom of two amazing kids that are probably the reason as of why we're having this conversation today. Mm-hmm. I'm a life coach, an accountability coach, an author, a speaker. But honestly, as human as we, as we all are with all the senses of emotions and also the, the seeking of the drill in life. I'm definitely an extrovert, a multitasker, I'm multi-passionate. I love all things, community, growth, getting out of your comfort zone. That pretty much sums me up. It, it really does. For someone who I got to meet you in person several times, that's exactly you. And virtually, that's exactly you. I love that you're very... Um, exactly who you are always. I love to start with that question because we're always evolving and reinventing ourselves. And so I know that that question, like, who are you can be like, oh my gosh, there's so many things, but whatever comes up is usually very current or like something that's lasting, meaningful, like your daughters are obviously the center of everything. And so, um, I love that you share exactly who you are, not just what you do, because you do amazing things, but who you are is just a person, no matter what, mother, extrovert, multi-passionate. That means like, it's going to be a surprise next year, tune back in and you may be something a little bit different, but still have those elephants. Yeah. I think you broke up with those boxes a long time ago. So I Mm -hmm. like, I don't don't love labels because... You know, depending on the day, depending on the time, then you're, you're going to see a little different uh, role that I'm playing at the moment. Yes. And that's beautiful. And it's so fitting and perfect with your book. So right now you are in the end of an author series. And I just, I love highlighting women with powerful voices who have just learned to really own their individual voice. And that is something that takes a lot of healing, a lot of practice, a lot of not even skill. I feel like skill is like the last like cherry on top. It's really just getting to know exactly who you are on the inside and letting that shine out through everything you do and say and write. And so your book is called Own Your Dance, Releasing Cultural Expectations and Beliefs embracing my magic and creating a dream life. Just 
in and of itself, that's such a powerful synopsis of your voice, owning your voice. I would love to hear a little bit about what inspired you to write your story in a book. All right. So like I actually began this podcast, the reason why we're here today is because I am the mom of two amazing kids. But I honestly, for a long time, didn't think I was going to get to be a mom. I had miscarriages. Becoming a mom was a, a really hard process for me. And that's actually what started my healing journey. It started and then I met my two beautiful kids. I become a mom. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on here. I'm just trying to like sleep a little, survive, feed them, keep them everybody alive. Right? But I continue to be my hyper self. Like I love adventure. I love challenges. I love being in nature. And so regardless of having two kids and one on my breast, I tell my husband, I am ready for our next adventure. I really want to hike the Grand Canyon, room to room. And wow, I mean, clearly this guy is a next level hero because he married me. But he has so, good taste. <laughs> he's thinking like, do I shut her down? Do I not? You know, he's kind of... So what he says is like, fine, I'll do this with you. However, we do need to set everything in place because he lost his dad at a younger age. He's very proactive when it comes to making sure that your family is always taken care of. So I don't think much of it. He's like, we're going to set a will together because this is the first time that we're going to be leaving both kids overnight. Great. With both moms, like we have like the full village taking over, but but he's like, okay, I don't think much of it. But then when we're sitting in the interview, they're asking you all the things of what happens with your kid if you both are gone. And I am not the person that you want to put to think the worst case scenario. I Because I, I am a visual person. So I start seeing it. I start feeling it. I start going downhill really quickly, I leave that appointment really upset, <laughs> really upset and feeling extremely incomplete. I told my husband that they, listen, I understand your logic behind this and I actually appreciate it. I respect that. However, you have put me in a very uncomfortable position and now I feel extremely incomplete because regardless, if something were to happen and this document sees the light of day, I know now that my kids are going to sit at, get a list of instructions with what's going to happen with their life. And yet they don't know who I am, how I came to be, who you are, how, you came, how we came to be. Like, they don't know anything about us. So I want to write a book about it. <laughs> and he's thinking like, oh my God, here we go again. Right? <laughs> never once thought about writing a book. I never thought about writing, period. English is my second language. When I was thinking of, should I even publish it? I had a million and a half reasons to not publish this book. However, the book is for my kids so they can actually get to hear my story from my perspective, from my very own shoes and soul and emotions. At the moment, obviously, when you write a book, you get to visit your past from a new perspective, from who you are today, from all the things that you have already healed. And also you get to probably check in and see, wow, I haven't fully healed a few of these things, right? So it's yeah. a beautiful opportunity, but that's why I wrote the book. 
because I wanted my kids to have my story in my voice from my perspective. So if I were to ever be gone, they have a little bit of how I came to be and how I go about making certain decisions. Mm, that is so powerful. I've had goosebumps for like the last three minutes. So powerful. Okay, that's interesting because I, I didn't know this story and it's probably very relatable for people who are writing wills to have this gut check of what is missing. It's especially at such a young age, like, you know, we're not 70, 80, 90 going through this, you know, with little, little ones. I mean, that's a big come to Jesus moment of, okay, what is my life and what do my kids know? And for your first thought to be like, I need to write a book (laughs) is beautiful. I mean, I went to these tests of like, how do I tell them who I was? Like, how do I tell them that side of the story, the human side of how we came to be? How did they even come to be? Because if it wasn't for the parents, they wouldn't be here, right? So, yeah. I mean, a book felt like a great opportunity for me to be able to write it in a way that felt true to me at the moment. And yeah. That's how I decided to write a book. It's beautiful because especially at, no matter what age our kids are. I know yours are younger. Mine are like middle middle school age. We can tell them so many things, but at certain ages, it's not going to digest in the same way as having a written legacy and say, you can revisit this for your entire life and have it like what a lasting, beautiful legacy to leave in a book that's so tangible that they can read it now at when they're learning to read. They could read it when they're in high school and they're navigating their own, like how do they own their own dance? And then as parents and being in your same situation now with kids, like that's such a powerful benefit of having a book is the legacy of it. Yes, for me, that was, it made me feel a little more complete. Not that I ever want the document to ever see the light of day, but now I feel like I could just add more stories or I could, like, it's, I don't feel like I would be giving them like a full dessert, you know? Yes. I also don't, I'm not going to stop being who I am and exploring and challenging myself in areas that fulfill me as a human. So that may, gave me the completion and almost the permission to proceed with, with, okay, now you have that. And now I can show you how I can still show for myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. So your book is a powerful collection of stories on life, on culture, beliefs, like generational expectations, things that whether the reader is Mexican or any culture like we have these same experiences it is so relatable of just say like cultural or generational expectation and that's a real thing as a parent you realize all the things that you're just automatically passing down or getting a choice to pass down or not you know it's so powerful when we can take it as a tool 
Yeah, that was another part of the fact that I grew up in, I was born and grew up in Mexico City, which is a whole different culture than what we have here, where my kids are growing up. And yet culture is so important to me because it's very much still in my core. Even though I now recognize that it has served me better to keep what serves me and let go of what doesn't. With a lot of respect to tradition and culture and even love and gratitude because it got me to where I am today. But if it's no longer serving me and I am in a whole different society and world and different set of expectations, you do want to assess what is actually helping you out and what's just draining you so much, <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh, that really resonates for sure. Like taking what serves us and being able to choose what we put in our life's backpack. Mm-hmm. And some things are so beautiful that our cultures pass down to us, that our families do, the traditions. There are so many beautiful things. But being able to hold each one and evaluate and say, does this serve me? Mm-hmm. If, if not, saying thank you. I appreciate what I learned from you. I no longer need you. And then taking what does serve us and like, thank you. Let's bring this along. Let's give this to our kids. Let's really live this out. It's such an empowering way to approach expectations, culture, and beliefs. Yeah. And it also gives you a beautiful opportunity to start owning your dance. Like start making that choice for yourself and having those hard, awkward, uncomfortable conversations. It gives you the opportunity to really decide for yourself. What is it that you are really giving to yourself, to your world, to your kids, to your own legacy from a place of love? But I do got to say, it does take some really awkward, uncomfortable conversations sometimes when when you're releasing some expectations that are considered normal, that are considered like, no, this is the only way. And you're like, no, but it really isn't. (laughs) So how is your family with your book and the stories? Because it's very personal. Like it's you. And of course, your family is attached to you in certain ways. So what was that experience like? It is very personal, but also I have found that the closest to you are your biggest teachers. So you wouldn't be telling your full story if you don't include your biggest teachers. So I did have to have this com- a conversation with my whole family because I first, this is a collection of stories from my perspective. And the way that I truly saw and felt things were around me. Obviously, we sometimes can be on the same room and our perspective can be different. And yet they're both true and they're both real and they can totally coexist. But we do have to have that respect for each other's story. So that was one of the conversations. And then the other one is some of the biggest things on the Mexican culture is we just don't show the wrong stuff outside of the family. You know, like we hide behind, behind closed doors. We talk things under the rug because they shouldn't show. And and yet, when they are showing in your emotions and who you are becoming, it's important that you bring them out and polish them and clean them and decide what to do with them. So in my book, I choose to share a very known, non-spoken secret of my family. 
And that was very uncomfortable for my parents. Mm-hmm. And yet I very lovingly explained it's nothing personal towards them. And it doesn't come, it's not to open them for judgment. It, it's, it has nothing to do with them, but it has everything to do with my truth and how I want to live and show my kids that we do life. So it's just setting complete honesty and put everything on the table so we can actually talk about it. I need to pave the path by doing that myself. (laughs) And that's the courageous, vulnerable place to be is leading, is being the first, is stepping out, out of the box, out of the norm, out of the expectations and showing a different way. That is such a beautiful example to your daughters, of course, but your whole family is observing you stepping out. And I think that in itself, when someone chooses to write a book, is a path that we all get to step out on, is doing something vulnerable and courageous, because they're the same thing, like vulnerability and courage are the same. (laughs) And just stepping out and being like, it's going to be okay. And tell our nervous system, this is safe. <laughs> right. Safe and that it might not feel safe and it feels very uncomfortable. And you are going to probably second guess yourself. And you are going to be second guessed by others. And sometimes it closes to you. But my gosh, it's like who you become by doing this for yourself is where it makes it all worth it. It becomes priceless. It becomes so encouraging and such a fact of the brave things that you have now done. Yes. Oh, so powerful. I'm curious. Do you have a favorite story that is in your book or one that you've heard from other people just really resonated with them you have so many great stories so I'm wondering do you have a favorite I I mean the one that a lot of people send me messages about is the story that I share about salsa making okay. and do you want me to tell you really yeah quick? tell us <laughs> uh, well in Mexico salsa is like a signature of a family like you you are we put pride in our salsa and it is some, it's the condiment that goes in the whole, the whole dinner. So it's something that connects us. It's something that adds. It's, it's very important for a household to have a good salsa. To say that. <laughs> yeah. And growing up, I, I was living with my aunt for a year and my aunt was a very strict person, but honestly, one of my biggest, she's like a second mother to me. She has always had my back. She sets me straight and and I am part of like so how I am because of all the discipline and, and love that she gave me, the way that she gave it. But at that time, she was very strict. And it was my cousins and I. I had two cousins and my aunt. We had to split breakfast before we went downstairs to work with her. And my job that day was to make the salsa. But I woke up late. I was like 15, not thinking much of anything. And the market is right downstairs in Mexico every weekend. They have like a beautiful market. So I wake up late and I run to just get the stuff for the salsa. Jitomates, chiles, like all the things. But I'm freaking out because I know breakfast is in like five minutes. And if something is really wrong in this household, it's to be late. 
because we gotta we gotta be on time, right? So I, instead of boiling all the condiments, I know how to make a salsa at this point. I've been taught. I I I know it. I own it. It's part it's part of my curriculum as a Mexican at this point, right? But I am sitting down and I'm like hurrying up. So I just put everything in the microwave and I literally half ass the salsa. And I put it together really quickly. And then I just put it in the kitchen, in the table and act like, okay. And then they try it. And it is probably the grossest, non-flavorful, uncooked, like all the things were wrong with salsa. <laughs> all the wrong things. And my uncle trying to make peace because you could already see my aunt starts to starts to like embody this mad like the reaction of like I just ruined my whole breakfast because I put the salsa in my breakfast and now the whole breakfast. And I'm I am just trying to eat it, say nothing. I recognize the sound, the fact the salsa is terrible. And um, my uncle is swallowing and like oh, breakfast just. Just trying to be like, keep the peace. He's and nice. my aunt calls me out. Like, who, what makes you think that you can go through life half-assing stuff that is your responsibility? And like, you doing this is costing us all a bad breakfast. So you not taking full responsibility of your one thing that you had to do, ruin her work, my time, my break, everybody's breakfast. Why would you go through life? If you think that you can get away with this, you're going to find that you're going to close a lot more doors than you're going to find open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. if you want to do something with your life, you always have to do it right. Not only when it matters, not only when people are watching, not only when, not only when you're in a school and in front of people that have a reputation. It starts here with the little mundane things. And if you have fun this, what makes you think that you're not going to do that with important stuff? And that was such a life lesson for me of never have asking my life resume. If you don't have time, just own it and say, and I didn't make the time and I'm sorry, but don't ruin everybody else. Yes. With your half as action. So that was, that was the story that I resonated with a lot of people. Because up to today, I still make fun, like everybody in that family. Every time they come visit, they're like, but who made this salsa? Like, it's <laughs> a joke. The family joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm never going to live it down, which is salsa. Well, I love that you own it. You're like, let me just document this in the book so it's there and it is backed. But it's such a valuable lesson to also say, okay, this is valuable. I'm going to take this lesson with me. Even in the laughter of the irony of the whole, the whole yeah. scenario. I'm glad we can laugh about it now. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm sure that at 15, that was not a laughing day. <laughs> no, no, I was very much wasn't. I felt terrible. And it actually did make me reflect quite a bit because I didn't realize the impact of my doings at that moment. Yeah, that's a good one. I love the humor and wit that you weave into your stories there's one story that i love partly i mean they're all really good they are and partly because one of them like my passion is to help women find their voice write their book and use their story as a catalyst for change and that voice is really that first step like if we don't know if we're even speaking our own words or if we've totally accepted what we're saying 
that's the first step. And I would love to read just this first part of your chapter called Accents, because it speaks so beautifully to voice. And I said, I was given a lot of beautiful lessons in my early 20s, and I really took some of them in at the time, but I was not in a position to embrace all of them yet, as any 20-year-old. No, so very relatable. I was stuck feeling like I had to fit in, and rather than taking the gifts I was receiving and growing from them, I would instead use them as reminders that I did not belong. One of my biggest challenges was my attempt to lose my accent. I kept telling myself, if I lost my accent, I would not get such terrible feedback on my interpretations, that I wouldn't be misunderstood, that I could participate and voice my opinion freely versus wondering if my answer was correct. It's so relatable. The stories that we tell ourselves of what something means about us, you know, whether it's having an accent or coming from a certain neighborhood or having a certain family or studying, you know, like anything we can make a a story about instead of embracing it as like, this is who I am, or this is a strength of mine, we can make it then an obsession to obliterate it, mask it. We're just spending so much time trying to undo what's part of us. And then the impact of those beliefs that you create and the stories that you tell yourself, like if you read my book, you know that this is my comeback to regaining my voice, but I am in my taste. Like I lost my voice for so long and I wasted so many, I, I didn't waste. I just, for so many years, I was not using my voice because I was trying to find a way to use it correctly. Mm. So I, I lost part of who I was by, by, by doing this, by trying all these things, which by the way, and conclusion of that story, clearly I did not lose my accent, people. <laughs> and I love your accent. It's like the most endearing. <laughs> but I took so many unnecessary classes. I can tell you about phonetics, like the sounds, how your brain is going to absorb the sounds up to certain age. Completely. Honest. And here we are with an accent. But, but I can now use not only my accent, but also my voice. I have finally gave myself permission to realize that even if I misspeak, like because I still English is my second language, and every now and then conjugations are crazy with the language. Yeah. Uh, I am still giving my point of view. Yes. And recently, and regardless of accent or not, what I have found is that still people that are not meant to understand you, they just won't. Mm. and that's not on you nice no, uh, no you know fully right but now i finally understood that for a long time it was like no it's on me this is on me and it's my fault and and I, maybe i shouldn't speak because i'm i don't speak well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's such a powerful lesson for all of us that what you just said if someone is not going to understand us there are people who will never understand what we're trying to say and it has nothing to do with our words, our vocabulary, our tone, our, like anything. It is just not meant for them. It's, it's not. not us. 
And when you make peace with that, you gain so much freedom to to just speak up your truth. And who wants to understand you will. Even with an accent, like when somebody wants to understand you, they won't. They might ask you, I'm sorry, what did you say? You say it again, and then and then there's understanding, right? Like there's an exchange of communication in which there is a connection. Yeah. When sometimes, even with no accent, there's just never going to be that. Yes. And just think about all the connections that we make with people that like are nonverbal, like we never speak to or don't even speak the same language. And there's still so much connection if if you're open to connecting with a person. I love all the nuance that you bring, all the insights through storytelling. I'm a huge advocate of storytelling being such a potent form of connection because it really opens up our imagination, our connections are like, oh, I had an experience very similar or oh, wow, I've never thought of it that way. And it comes through story, not just telling the moral of the story, like this is what you should do. Story right. is just invites us in. And honestly, I feel like we often don't learn by just the moral. I, I mean, I'm not. I, I, I have learned through the school of rocks. Like I have to fall, feel the fall, see the rules, <laughs> try it again. So yes. I have never been the type of person that is like, reads the morals like, oh yeah, I, I will apply that in my life. Well, Tama, this has been so beautiful having this conversation with you, introducing you to my podcast family because it is really a platform to help amplify women's voices who are just doing amazing things. And from hearing other people's stories, inspiring action in ourselves and like okay I I now have permission to examine my own beliefs own my own dance really step into authentically who I am and so I just am so grateful for your voice and your book and being on here I always like to end our conversations with two questions and the first one is what has been an impactful book that's helped you in your journey to where you are today? Where I am today? Well, I gotta say there's been a ton of books, but one that I actually really still live by is The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. That book has, it kept my sanity and it has saved me multiple times because Mexicans love to take everything personal. So I, it's a book in which it's, it's from a Mexican author, but it's really simple. And when you apply these four simple steps into your life, you can gain so much peace and keep it. So I'll share them really quickly, if that's okay. Please do. The first one is to not take things personal. So nothing that has happened to you is actually just personal, even though we take it personal. If you can study the outside perspective, you can actually not see the full picture and understand that it's not personal. Do not assume. So ask for clarification when you are already telling yourself a story. Maybe just pause and ask for clarification. Speak clearly. So don't, you know, don't go around trying to start mis- misunderstandings <laughs> intentionally. Yeah. And always do your best. And I feel like we, it's, if you're doing those four things, it's really easy to know that you are just doing your best and, and 
what happens happens. So that book is essential and I highly recommend everybody reads it. Plus it's a very simple read. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I will absolutely link it. It immediately brought back memories. It was my first personal development book that I ever read and I read it in Spanish. And it was such an easy to understand book. It was very empowering to me to read an entire book in Spanish and be like, I got a lot out of this. It wasn't like a literature thing where I'm trying to look up every word. It was so clear and straightforward. And so I'll link it in English and in Spanish because it's such yeah. a great book. I read it in both too. First in Spanish and then I reread it in English. But I, I do think that it's easy, simple, and yet super powerful if you apply it. Which so is easier than done sometimes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. It's like one that you can refresh every year or every once in a while or just pick up a, a section. I actually, uh, two months ago, I just ordered it in English. So now I'm going to read it in English for the first time. So great share. Thank you. Yes. The other question I love to ask is what confident action step would you like to leave our podcast family with today? I would say to ask yourself a simple question. If you're one of the people that say, no, I, I am not a runner. I am not a speaker. I am not. Start switching it and reframe it. Can I be a speaker? Can I be a runner? And what can you do today to start doing that? That is so good. Reframing that question. It leaves the door open for possibility. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's getting you to actually try and see if you like, what are you capable of? Because when you make a decision of that, you cannot, you already decided and you're closing so many options that are fully available to you because you become what you allow yourself to, to be. And that is truth. Oh my gosh. Uh, Telma, thank you so much for coming and having this beautiful conversation with me. I know that everyone listening is resonating and getting great gems for themselves. I'd love to know where can they connect with you? Well, first I want to say thank you for having me. Thank you for opening such a special platform for all people to see what's available to them, to feel inspired on the possibilities and especially their stories. Your story is more powerful than you realize. And if you can find me, I have a website, TelmaSanchez.com. You can find me on Instagram as TelmaSanchez underscore CO. And I am, if you want to see everything that I am, it's, it's on Instagram. But if you want to see what I do, it's my website. Perfect. I will link everything in the show notes. And I would love for everyone listening to tag Telma and I on Instagram since we both live there and tell us what you took away from this conversation, what really stood out. We would love to hear from you and hear a bit about your story and how this maybe sparked something in you as well. I'll be more than happy if you send me a DM telling me what you took the mo the out of this conversation. I will send you a copy of my book. Amazing. Oh, you guys go run. Don't walk. Go run. It is so, <laughs> so good. And I'm, I feel so lucky to have a signed copy. So I'm just going to, you know, flex there for a minute. Thank you, Natalma. <laughs> she looks like you. 
Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in, friend. Your story means so much. And I hope that from this conversation that you are empowered to really own your voice and use your story as a catalyst for change. So until next time, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to What's Her Story. I love spending time with you. Now, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And if you found value in this episode, share it with a friend and then come hang out with me on Instagram at Erica Akingboye. Be sure to check out the show notes. I've included all important notes and links including how you can get the latest free download that is exactly how to use your story to create social change. I'll be back here next week and hope you will be too. See you there, friend.